Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello there. Welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. Today I've titled this Creating Ultimate Prosperity. You know, I was working on a video yesterday and it's about life without limits. Now, what, what, are, what are limits? Well, limits are boundaries. In mathematics, you have uh, something called a boundary problem. And that is a situation where you're working on a math equation, and it works all fine here, but when you get near the edges, the boundaries of things, things go crazy. The easiest uh, example to understand is trying to divide by zero, right? You can't do that. If you, you know, if you try to divide by zero, you get all kinds of crazy answers. Like you can prove that one equals two if I'm allowed to divide by zero. So boundaries are the perceived limits of some situation. I've just described a silly one in mathematics where you can prove one equals two if you divide by zero. So boundaries in our lives are what keep us from creating the kind of life we want. That, that's as simple as that. So if we know, that we know them as boundaries like in tennis or basketball, there's an area of a court, and if you go out of bounds or in golf or some other place, then your score doesn't count. You add a stroke. There's some penalty associated with that boundary. Uh, we have personal boundaries. Some people are really good at creating those, and some are not. And they're supposed to be the limits of behavior that we have, personal space and you know that sort of things. And boundaries are really, really important. But they also can create barriers beyond which we can't grow. So a a famous story, infamous famous, is about the elephant. An elephant, when they're young, is staked, you know, put a a chain on a stake and tied to the foot of the elephant. And a little elephant, because it's a big chain and it's staked deep in the ground, no matter how hard they pull, they can't get out of that thing. And so it creates... For the little elephant, it's a real boundary. A great big elephant, when it's fully grown, could tear the stake out easily because it's so big and so powerful. But because when they were little, they learned uh, that this boundary, that this reaching the end of the chain was all that was available, then they don't. They stay staked to the chain or rope or whatever when... The truth is they could rip that out with a giant tug. And that is because of an imaginary boundary. So when we talk about prosperity, we all exist with these boundaries and they keep us constrained until we stop letting them keep us constrained. So let's talk about some specific examples. I have clients, I have had, who come to me with boundaries on their money. And money is the biggest thing we think of when we think of prosperity, although we're going to talk about it today in a much more expansive way. 
but the boundaries of your wealth might come from your upbringing. We can't afford this, we can't afford that, we can't afford this, we can't afford that. So we can't afford being a common statement in growing up. You create a boundary in your mind. Oh, I can't have certain kinds of things, usually more expensive things. I certainly was familiar with that. I had that growing up. Can't afford this, can't afford that. And, and so that was one boundary that I had to work on because I believed that there was a limit to money that I could have or was supposed to have. Tied to that in my particular case was the idea that wealthy people were somehow, most of them, not all of them, but wealthy people were somehow bad. That because they had money, maybe they'd acquired it with shady practices or because they were wealthy, they were also stingy, uh, holier than thou, better. They viewed themselves more, you know, cooler, better than uh, people that had less money. And so more money was a status of, uh, you know, better than, except it was bad. And so I had a mix of can't afford stuff. Money's hard to get. Um, rich people are bad, either because they got their money poorly in a bad way, or because they've turned into snobs and greedy people because they have money. So some mix of that was the money story I grew up with. Something to think about when you're thinking about prosperity, and today we're going to talk about creating ultimate prosperity, so we're going to go across a lot of things besides money, but I want you to think about your money story. What is it? What did you learn about money? I had friends that had an allowance. I didn't have one for many years. Finally, later, there was a little bit. We had to do a certain pile of chores to get the allowance, and otherwise we lost some of it or all of it. Uh, there's lots of ways to teach kids about money, but, and this isn't a parenting episode. But the idea is that we create boundaries based on our experience that are not real. Now, how much money my parents had was however much they had. And so there may be truth about we were not able or they didn't want to borrow money or afford to do certain things. That's fine, and that's their decision. But the unspoken um, contamination that it left behind was my own feeling about what was available, what was possible. And that unspoken feeling, perceived limitation, plays a huge role in prosperity across all definitions, not just cash. I had a prosperity deficit in creating friends. I didn't create friends. And I didn't know how. I didn't learn how to create friendships until much, much later in life. And that was perhaps because I don't know. Like, I don't know even today enough about my parents' upbringing and their childhood to know if they had friends or not. I do know that my dad suffered, I say suffered, struggled with, feeling not good enough. Like the whole comparison trap we talk about a lot in personal development. You look at yourself, you look at someone else's activities, possessions, friendship circle, influence, and everything else, and there's a not good enough disease that comes in there. Oh, I'm not good enough to have this, that, and the other. And that gets in the way of prosperity, prosperity in relationships. Another deficit that I uh, grew up with was worthiness. I grew up with the idea that I wasn't valuable. 
I wasn't loved unless I behaved a certain way. Now, that rule was enforced with physical discipline, abusive, violence, that today would be felony child abuse. So I experienced a lot of that in the name of discipline. And the consequence of that was I had a huge boundary that said artificial and that prevented prosperity and happiness. It prevented me from being happy because I believed I was only worthy of love when I behaved a certain way that somebody else described. Now, in my case, it was tied to religion. So God said this and my parents interpreted it a certain way. And therefore, if I behaved this way, not only was I doing something wrong, but I was unlovable. I was not okay. I was bad. I was broken. And so all of those, and I use my own personal examples because they're the ones I'm most familiar with. But what I want for you to do right now is to think through the boundaries that you have on your prosperity. <clears throat> so what is prosperity? Well, prosperity is an expansive term that means having more than enough of stuff, right? More than enough cash, more than enough space, more than enough love, more than enough friendships, more than enough opportunities, more than enough gratitude, more than enough joy, prosperity, and maybe enough and more than enough. You can think about, you know, the difference there and so forth, but plenty of, right? You're prosperous. That means more than barely getting by in all those areas. Now, unfortunately, usually when we talk about prosperity, we think about cash or cash derivatives, possessions, things, opportunities, but tangible things. That is a true definition of prosperity, but certainly the, the wimpiest on the list. Prosperity of health is way more important than prosperity in cash. Ask a wealthy person whose health is wrecked what they wouldn't trade of their financial prosperity for good health. That's the stuff of legend. You can't buy good health. You can buy great medical care, and maybe you can buy treatments other people can't afford. But if it doesn't result, people have wasted their entire fortunes trying to get good health. People have wasted their entire fortunes trying to create relationships that are valuable. People have wasted entire, used, I don't know, wasted, used entire fortunes trying to create spiritual peace in themselves or a deep connection with the divine. <clears throat> The video I was working on yesterday talks about living without limits. And that's how we started on this whole boundary thing. Do you believe it's possible to live without limits? I want to assure you that it is. And I'm not going to engage in some weird narrow definition just to make it true. Limits exist. The law of gravity exists. I can't walk outside and ignore the law of gravity and jump to the moon. I don't know how to do that. <clears throat> so that's a limit that in my life is real. And yours and all of us, and we depend on gravity to keep the world stable. But most of the limits in our lives are imaginary. There is no limit on the amount of money you can create. Money follows value if you decide and you push and create value, you'll get money. I read a, a post the other day from supposedly written by one of 
Elon Musk's wives, his, I think his first ex-wife, and the question that was posed to her was, if I really am determined to make a billion dollars, because, of course, Elon's a billionaire, or at least today is, if I am determined absolutely to make a billion dollars and I put in all the hard work, will I make a billion dollars? And she said, no. And her answer went on to say there's a lot more than being willing to work hard. Are you willing to swim with the sharks when no one's with you and be vomited up on a desert island alone with no one to turn to and painted a pretty bleak picture that represented in her mind the the road that Elon had walked. Loneliness, people laughing at you, how difficult it is, people trying to backstab you, take your ideas and money, sort of painted this difficult picture. But the bottom line is there is a way. There is a way to achieve it. It requires a certain set of behavior, certain willingness to work, dedication, willingness to go through loneliness, struggle, and do it valiantly and powerfully, not in a victim sort of way, laying there, you know, the world, somebody beat me up, the world owes me some kind of repair. And that was the point of, or at least one of the points of the, of the article that was supposedly written by his ex-wife. Now, who wrote it doesn't matter, but the accuracy of the description is what's important. Creating ultimate prosperity is available to you. A life without limits is available. In the video, I explored six things that might be representative of a life without limits. And I said, ooh, a million-dollar week. How about deep and meaningful relationships? How about a powerful connection to God? How about that house you've always wanted? And a couple of others. Those are representations of some view of prosperity. If you're going to create ultimate prosperity, you need to decide what it is you really want, and you need to decide something more important, which is what are you willing to do to achieve it. So rather than have a conversation about whether or not ultimate prosperity is possible, because it is, it is abs- for you right here, right now, you can have ultimate prosperity. The question is, what are the actions necessary? What is the state of being necessary to get there? Now, I read an email this morning from a friend of mine who runs a publishing company, and he was talking about the central nature of gratitude and giving. And so, you know, we just had Thanksgiving here a few few days ago, U.S. Thanksgiving anyway, and, you know, it's the time of giving, and this whole holiday season in many traditions is a time for giving. I'm I'm Christian, and so the, you know, giving of things, the Savior giving his life and us giving gifts and so forth, that's all part of this. And so this email was focused on how essential giving is to create prosperity. And then he went through a bunch of arguments against it. Well, my friends don't, nobody around me does, I don't have time, I don't have anything to give, all the things that we make up, and those are just stories. And if you sit quietly for a moment and think, you know they're just stories. You can create anything you want. So the first part of this episode is dedicated to one single principle, and that is helping you understand the bulletproof, incontrovertible, absolute truth that ultimate prosperity is available to you. That is absolutely true. It may be a rough road. It may be difficult. There may be things you're unwilling to do, and so you can't get there. But it's available. 
So now that that's clear and finished, it's available, then let's talk about what is necessary to get there. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, first we have to define where there is. So I use four areas. I, use, I break life up into four parts. And I've seen complicated things that have as many as 12 parts. That's fine. I sandwich all of life's parts into four. Spiritual, physical, emotional, and mental. Spiritual is my connection to the divine. So my connection to God, having prosperity, abundance, extra, enough to fully enjoy and give away copious amounts of love and deep, meaningful connection with God. So that's one piece of prosperity. Next is physical prosperity. Now, I combine a lot of things in that. Because it's not only my physical body, which is the container of my spirit. And in the last six years, if you followed any of the stories, you know I've had a fatal illness. I died in 2018. I, six months later, I had an almost fatal illness when I had to have emergency back surgery and gallbladder surgery and all this emergency stuff in the last six years. <clears throat> so heavy-duty health is a big deal for me as part of the physical prosperity. Another piece is financial peace, the financial peace, and that is physical prosperity also. You know, having enough of stuff, food, clothing, water, shelter, spending money, etc., is also contributes to your emotional well-being. But they are unrelated if you want. So having physical prosperity means to me enough stuff, more than enough, so I can do what I want to do, and having the physical health to enjoy it. So I combine both those. And for some people, that's just completely separate. To me, the amount, pile of cash is way less important. I need enough. And I have huge goals. Make no mistake about it. My goals for <clears throat> financial success and growth are huge. And the reason is because I have a huge plan about what to do with them that's related to the $250 million. Right now, you know, if you followed other stuff. My goal this year from October 14th, which is about six weeks ago, to October 14th, 2024, is to reach 250 million people and help you understand that you're a divine being and you can have anything you want, you can create anything you want, and you're worth infinity. And your greatest happiness and joy, as does mine, come from serving and loving each other. That, that's, that's the real key to powerful joy and happiness and all the rest of the good stuff. So... <clears throat> Physical prosperity, to me, includes both health and wealth. It's all the physical aspects of life. E, for me, includes emotional. It stands for emotional, but includes all my relationships. So my relationship with joy is my most precious earthly relationship. My relationship with God is number one, and joy is my sweet angel, number two, right there. And she knows all of those things. I'm not insulting her in any way because her priorities are the same. Our relationship with the Creator is most important because everything comes from there. So prosperity in emotional relationships come from those things, and I have a lot of opportunity and work to do there. I have a fabulous and infinite relationship with joy, but I have 10 kids, and there are many of those who, you know, the relationship is a struggle. Some are estranged completely and don't talk to me at all, and some only occasionally and then some a lot better. So 
there's opportunity there. <clears throat> and just like in every relationship, there's two sides to all that. I can't cause someone to choose to have a relationship with me, and neither can you. We can love, we can be kind, we can invite, we can do all those things, but we can't force. And incidentally, God is the same way. He can't force us to love or serve him or each other. Hence the mess we have in the world. Right? So E includes all the relationships. My relationship with myself, with my God, with my wife, with my children, with clients. In that order. And I love all of my kids absolutely to death. And send the messages and openness and invite. And I hold no anger, no judgment, anger, or loathing, or negativity toward anyone, no matter what's happened in the past. But, like anything, any relationship has two sides to it. Right? Except your relationship with yourself. And that feels like it has two sides. Anyway, so an M is mental. And prosperity, of, you know, your mind is, does it work? Are you, are you learning? You know, are you enjoying the stuff in life that allows you to learn and be connected and all that sort of thing? So that's how I think of prosperity in very simple terms, four areas. And every piece of life I sandwich into that. <clears throat> so here are the principles that I have discovered to create ultimate prosperity across all those areas. First is gratitude. I have found it impossible to enjoy whatever level of prosperity I have in any of those things if I don't first have gratitude. And I don't mean a little. I mean pour out gratitude in every piece of language when I think about my situation, when I think about the gear I have in the studio or the relationships that I have or the house that I live in or the food that I eat or the clothes that I wear, or the people that I know, all of that gratitude, gratitude to God, gratitude to others, gratitude to myself. You know, if you know the story, <clears throat> you know that I spent a lot of years in failure mode. I failed in three marriages, and failed in a lot of ways raising kids, and failed you know, to myself, and just did, did things that were self-destructive. And so gratitude to myself is really profound because I'm grateful that I kept trying, kept looking, kept searching, that I said yes to the divine intervention that happened in 2007. If you don't know that story, you should read the book, Tightrope of Depression, My Journey from Darkness, Despair, and Death to Light, Love, and Life. Not because I need you to read my book, because it describes in detail the journey that I went through from zero to 52 years old and how self-destructive I was and how gratitude played and plays a central role in making changes. Starting at age 52 in 2007. And so gratitude is first. It is central. It is powerful. It is required. And one of the things I do in my morning ritual is a, a gratitude practice, but I don't do it like list a whole bunch of things that I'm grateful for or just think on the surface of things that I'm grateful for. Here's how I've found that it's most effective in order for you to create ultimate prosperity. Think of a thing that you're grateful for. <clears throat> now, you know the feeling when you just think about something superficially. 
You also know the feeling, the deep physical sensation when you experience gratitude all the way down to your toes, when your heart is just overwhelmed with gratitude. So take a thing, maybe two, every single day and experience. Think about how grateful you are for that person, that thing, that situation, and do it until you experience that gratitude. On purpose, take yourself to the emotional state of gratitude and do it every day. That practice will help you create ultimate prosperity. Gratitude is first. The second principle that is foundational is service. Now, often we think of service like a service project. You go work in the soup kitchen or you go work on a road cleanup crew or you go to your church and clean the benches or or you go work for Habitat for Humanity and help build a house somewhere in, you know, some some place that needs it. All those things are wonderful, but service is more mindset than anything else. You have the opportunity to be of service a hundred times a day, easily, without <clears throat> neglecting your work, without neglecting those around you, without putting yourself in a situation where you're not fulfilling your commitments. You have that opportunity. But what it takes <clears throat> is a choice. It takes a choice of saying, you know what, I'm going to look for opportunities to serve. Now, what is serve? Well, serving <clears throat> is simple. It is, a, it is a choice to be aware of situations around you and then a choice to add good to that situation. Smile, say nice things, be in love. Help people with something. Take a moment to go out of your way. Pay a compliment. Acknowledge someone's effort, whether it worked or didn't work. Make a choice to be a beacon of light. Choose to be a vessel of love, a conduit of power. Be of actual assistance. Volunteer in little ways, even around your house or your office. Do small things. Begin on purpose, just because you can, to, to create an essence and a life of being of service. Now, here's what I notice when doing that. I notice that we, I feel good. Abraham Lincoln said, when I do good, I feel good. When I do bad, I feel bad. So that's not a surprise. We feel, our body produces a chemical cocktail, neurotransmitters, oxytocin, and others when we're in service, when we're doing things for others without expecting reward, selflessly trying to help. That's an amazing feeling. And it is directly proportional to creating prosperity. Sig Ziglar's credited with saying you can have anything you want if you help enough people get what they want. The foundation of that is service. The golden rule, do unto others as you would that they would do unto you. Or do unto others as though you were the others. Like be nice, be kind, give, share, lift, bless. That will create prosperity. So, so far we have two really important principles. First is gratitude. And I've given you a practice that will allow you to grow your gratitude. Second is service. And the third is creation. Creation is your birthright. You're the child of the ultimate creator. You're a child of God. The pedigree of your spirit is a single line. You, God. Now your physical body had however many generations, right? But your spirit had one. So you have access to the divine attributes, 
the divine feelings, divine intentions, divine power. Now, just like an infant, an infant is born and struggles, you know, sit up and open its eyes and chew and crawl and then walk. And so that development takes some time. But the nascent capabilities are in the infant. Everything that an oak tree needs is in an acorn. We are that way spiritually. Our spirit is created by the divine, and you and me, we have the characteristics and powers of God in a latent or nascent form. Now, an infant grows up quickly. You know, in a couple of years, in a year they walk, at two they start talking, and somewhere in there, and, you know, those things happen quickly in a span of time that we can understand. The development of the mighty and powerful attributes of divine heritage, of godliness, that takes a lot longer. Years, decades, I don't know. Where were we before and how long we were working on things of spirits is unknown. But we have those abilities and you can see them grow in you and others when we choose kindness, service, love. Look at not only Christ, but all of the religious icons who dedicated their lives to service and love and giving, they grew in their substance. Now, the third principle is creation. Here is your ultimate power. You have the ability to create. You don't have access, we don't, I don't either, to that power unless we obey the rules upon which that power is based. When we do shortcuts and there's cruelty and unkindness and you know, all the stuff that we see going on in the world, there's a lot of consequences of that. But there is a right way, a celestial way, a powerful way, a godly way, a heavenly way to access those powers. And it goes right through gratitude and right through service. One thing that I do every day that is the most powerful thing that I do is I create myself every morning. Now, I don't yet have the ability to create the body. If I did, I'd fix some of these busted things. My ears, you know, I don't hear well. My eyes, I wear weird contact lenses, some amazing ones, and all kinds of stuff. So I don't have the ability yet to fix that. But I do have the ability to create my attitude. I do have the ability to live and choose and to be in service and in love. I do have the ability to exercise creative stuff, create music, create a coaching practice, write books, love and serve you, create this podcast, create all kinds of things. And when I use that creative power with gratitude and in service, it creates money, money. People pour money on me. They want, they say this, I want to be around you. I want to be part of your space. It's not because I'm magic. It's because of love. It is bringing that love of which we are made and making it available to everyone around us. The energy and presence that we give off. You've been around people, it just feels good to be around them. You've been around people that it feels awful to be around them. You control that energy, so do I. So if you want to create ultimate prosperity across your spiritual, physical, which includes both cash and health, emotional, your relationships, and your mental, which is your smarts and your ability to think and do things, if you, if you want to have ultimate prosperity, then go to work. Start with principle number one, which is gratitude. Principle number two is service. 
and then exercise your right as a divine creator. Get rid of those barriers we talked about. Almost all of them are artificial. Hear that. Almost all of them are artificial and are not really what keeps you stuck. So remember that and move on your way because I know for sure you can create those things, anything you want, your ultimate prosperity, and then create your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky.